You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. This morning, we're starting a brand new series, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be spending some time in the book of Jonah, and we're going to be going verse by verse in this book, and it's an incredible book, but when we think about Jonah, no matter if this is your first time ever in church or you've been here forever, this is a book that you can relate to. This is a book that you know a little bit about, and the reason for that is because we all know that it's the book about a guy who gets swallowed by a whale, right? And no matter how long you've been in church, you're like, man, that dude got swallowed by a whale. We have a little bit of an idea of what this book is about. But I want you to know that it goes beyond that, that there's this, not this cartoon version of this story, but there's a real life version of this story that is true, that has biblical truth, that is life-changing, that has some things that God wants to communicate to us. And I think sometimes we can think of this version right? This big smiley whale, right? And this Jonah who doesn't look distressed at all being inside a whale. And, uh, and so we have this version, this cartoon fictional version of this story in our minds. And God wants to teach us a little bit more than that, a little bit more of an accurate view of this story, because there's some things that he really wants to communicate to us. There's some things that he really wants to say to us in this story. So what is this story all about? Yes, it is about a dude getting swallowed by a big fish, but that's not the most exciting part of the story. For me, the most exciting part of this story is that we get a glimpse of God's heart, that we get a glimpse of God's heart of love and compassion, that we get a glimpse of his patience for us, that we get a glimpse of his love for his people in a big, big way. We get this glimpse of God's love for people. And it's amazing to see, but how many of you are thankful for a God who's patient with you? Am I the only one here who's thankful for that, right? Man, I need his patience. I need his grace. I need his kindness. I need it because I mess up. I go astray. I need his patience and his grace and his direction in my life. In this book, it shows us this God who loves us and is so patient with us and redirects us and gives us time and works on our hearts. And our prayer for this series is that as followers of God, that we would represent this kind of heart very well. That yes, we would understand God's love for us and his patience for us, but that we would reflect that love to others as well. That we would be patient, that we would be loving, that we would be grace-filled towards others, that we would help others come to know Christ, that we would have that kind of heart that is aligned with God's heart. So today we're gonna begin this journey by turning to Jonah chapter one, as we'll be spending our time there today. So let's read the text in full, and then we're going to come back around, and we're going to begin to break it down verse by verse this morning. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. 
he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Jonah chapter one, verses one through three. And this is our text this morning. And whoa, is it a loaded text? Because we have this guy named Jonah who gets direction from the Lord to do something and his response is to run. And how many of you have been there before where God tells you to do something and you negotiate with him? Where God tells you to do something and you say, hold, hold on right there, God. I think I got a better plan. Hold on, God. And we see this real life prophet experiencing something that we've all experienced before, running away from the Lord. But as we get back into the text, let's begin to break it down verse by verse. Verse one, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. The word of the Lord came to him. And I wanna ask this question, how many are thankful that you have a God who wants to communicate with you, right? Man, God loves communicating with you. He loves talking to you. He loves speaking into your life, giving you direction, giving you help, giving you encouragement. He cares about you individually. He wants to help your life and speak into it on a regular basis. He loves, he loves, he loves to talk to us. And right here, we see God giving Jonah some information, some words that he wants to pass on to others because he wants to communicate with them. He loves them. He wants to speak into their lives. I'll give you an example. My daughter, Ellie, she just started kindergarten. And many of you parents who have been through that before, you know exactly what that is like. You know the emotions that you feel when you're dropping your kid off at school for a full day for the very first time. It's different, but I wasn't worried about her, right? She adapts well. She's um, very social. I knew she was going to be fine. There's no worry about it. But I found myself throughout that very first day wanting to talk to her, wanting to see how she was doing. Like I said, I'm not worried. I'm just like, man, I wonder what she's doing right now. Is she listening to the teacher? She's probably talking to her friends right now, not paying attention. You know, what is she doing at this very moment? What is this girl doing? Wanted to text her. Wanted to buy, go buy her a phone right there just so I could text her. You having fun? Having a good experience at school today? Is there any bullies that I need to come and beat up for you, okay? Anything. And so I'm sitting there just thinking about her throughout the day, wanting to communicate to her, wanting to speak to her, wanting to give her some information and wishing she could communicate back to me. That's the heart of the father, right? That wants to communicate, that wants to speak to us, that wants to speak. So I've had to get creative, right? And I've had to figure out lunchbox notes, okay? Daddy loves you. Ways to communicate when I can't communicate because I'm not gonna buy her a phone. She's five years old, okay? but I still wanna to communicate to her. And it's the heart of a father that wants to communicate to his children, that wants to speak into their lives, encouragement and love, that wants to strengthen them, that wants to help them. It's the heart of the father that wants to help his children. And we see here that that's exactly what God is doing. 
and we should be appreciative. We should be encouraged. We should feel loved that we have a God who's always wanting to communicate to us, who's always wanting to speak to us, who's always wanting to go deeper in his relationship with you, who's always wanting to take things to another level so that he could get to know you more, so that you could get to know him more. So when the Lord comes to Jonah, once again, it's communicating God's heart and love for his people. It's putting that on display. He loves you. He loves talking to you. Will you listen? Because part of this story is somebody who's able to listen, who's not willing to carry out what God is asking him to do. Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to obey? But now who is this Jonah, son of Amittai? Because it says here, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And who is this guy? Jonah, son of Amittai. Jonah is a prophet. And what a prophet does and what a prophet is called to do is to be God's voice to the people. So if God communicates something to the prophet, it's his job to get up and to speak that. Sometimes it's judgment. It's saying, hey, if we don't get this together, something bad is going to happen. Sometimes it's, hey, let me encourage you. Sometimes it's, hey, let me tell you what's going to happen in the future. There's these things that God is using to communicate through a prophet like Jonah. And other than this book, Jonah is mentioned two times in Scripture. He's mentioned in 2 Kings, and in 2 Kings, it says this about Jonah. It says, Jeroboam II recovered the territories of Israel between Lebo Hamath and the Dead Sea, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had promised through Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath Hefer. So this shows Jonah's legitimacy as a prophet. That something that he said was going to happen, that something that he promised, that something that he prophesied about, that it came true. And it shows his legitimacy as a prophet. He's called Jonah the prophet here. But if we go beyond that, Jesus calls him Jonah the prophet in the New Testament. When he's talking about the sign of Jonah, and he says, you know that Jonah the prophet. And man, you want to hear about legitimacy? If Jesus calls you a prophet, you are a prophet, right? That's, that's the top line there, right? That's as high as it goes. And Jesus is calling Jonah a prophet. He's saying, this is the real deal. He is legit. He is a prophet. And that's what I want us to see in this. So Jesse, where are you going with this? I'm going here. Jonah is legit. He's legit a prophet. He's an important person in the world that he lives in. He's an important man with important things to do. He is well known. He is thought of as somebody who is spiritual. He is thought of as somebody who's a spiritual leader. When people look at him, they think of him as somebody who has a connection with God, who is tight with the Lord. When they look at Jonah, they think of somebody it's a prophet. And so as we look at this story, we understand that he's thought of as a spiritual giant in his day. When people look at him, they think this is what it looks like to have a relationship with the Lord. And you know what we can get out of this? Guys, it doesn't matter what your title is. 
It doesn't matter if you're called prophet. It doesn't matter if you're called pastor. It doesn't matter if you're called elder. It doesn't matter if you're called lead children's church worker. It doesn't matter if you're the tambourine lady in the front row that always gets down in worship. It doesn't matter the title. We can all grow far from God. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. It doesn't matter that you come every week and you sit in these pews, that our hearts can grow cold, that our hearts can grow far, that we can drift away from the Lord. And we see Jonah, the man regarded as this spiritual giant who is now running from the Lord, who is running from what God is calling him to do. Jonah, the prophet. What happened, Jonah? This is what God has called you to do. This is who you are. What happened that you're running from the Lord and running from the assignment that God has for you? And friends, it's easy for us to understand that like Jonah, we can all go astray. We can all drift away. And it doesn't matter our title, that we should regularly check our hearts, that we should regularly go before the Lord and examine our hearts and figure out where we are, because it's easy for us to get to a place where we drift away. No matter the title, no matter the background, no matter the age, we can all drift away. So we're looking at this man who everybody's looking up to, but yet in his heart, he's far from the Lord. And we see in Jonah chapter 1, verse 2, that God gives him an assignment. And God says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. His wickedness has come up before me. So God is asking him, Jonah, I want you to go to this great city of Nineveh, and I want you to preach to them. This is what this man does with his life. It should be an easy assignment saying, yes, God, this is, what I, um, this is what I'm made to do. This is who you've made me to be, to be a prophet. But yet when this word comes from the Lord, Jonah's response is to run. Why is that? Well, let me give you a little bit of insight into the city of Nineveh. Because the city of Nineveh is the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And in the capital of the Assyrian Empire, what that means is that they are an evil people. They are a people who love to crush their enemies, not just defeat their enemies, but who love to crush their enemies. And I don't want to ruin your lunch, so I won't go into details here, but man, they do some pretty jacked up stuff to people. They're known for being cruel, extremely violent people, and they weren't just content with beating their opponents, but they wanted to humiliate them torture them. They wanted everybody around to know if you mess with us, this is what will happen to you. Stuff that makes you want to throw up. So when God says there's wickedness in this city, not surprising. When God says this wickedness has come up before me, it's easy to see that. So when Jonah receives this message from the Lord, he is mad. Say, Lord, are you kidding me? Do you know how evil these people are? 
Do you know how mean, how horrific the things that they do? Do you know, God, why would you give them a chance? Why would you give them mercy? Why would you ask me to go and preach to them so they might repent? Are you kidding me, God? I hate these people, and I don't want to have anything to do with them, and I don't want them to receive grace. I think sometimes when we read the story, we think, oh, man, Jonah is scared. He's so scared that they're going to do to him what they've done to everybody else that he runs away. Jonah's not afraid. Jonah's mad. Jonah's prejudiced against these people. Jonah's looking at these people and he's saying, God, these people shouldn't matter to you, God. But the heart of God is one that all people matter to him, that he wants to give all people a chance to repent and come to know him. And Jonah doesn't see that. Jonah is so zoned in on these people's past. He's zoned in on what these people are like. He's zoned in on their nationality, where they come from. He's zoned in on things that, they shouldn't, that he shouldn't be zoned in on. He's forgetting the fact that these are people created by God who matter to him, who God wants to give a chance for them to repent. And Jonah says, Lord, I don't want to give them a chance. I'd rather run away. I'm spitting mad. And friends, we could be so prideful like this. We can get in this place where God is telling us to go and share our faith with someone, which is what he's telling Jonah to do here. And we say, Lord, I don't even like them. Why would I share my faith with them? Lord, I'd rather not talk to them. Why would I share my faith with them? Lord, I don't want them to come to church with me. I can't stand them. I'd rather them go somewhere else. I'm not going to invite them to come to church with me. And we could develop this hard heart, this heart that is not aligned with the Lord's. And this is what Jonah is dealing with in this moment. His heart has gone astray. His heart is hard towards people. A prophet should have a heart for people, and he doesn't have a heart. He doesn't care about people. Friends, do you care about people? Because if we are reflecting God's heart, and we are in line with God's heart, then we should have a heart for people. We should want people to come to know Christ. We should want to be part of that. We should be on that level. But Jonah's not there anymore. He's grown hard. He's gone astray. As we continue here in Jonah chapter 1, verse 3, it says that Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. I want you to see here, this is very intentional. This isn't Jonah just having a little bit of an emotional day. This isn't Jonah just saying, hey, you know, this is really hard for me, Lord, you know. This is Jonah saying, I'm going to do everything that I can in my power to do the opposite of what God has asked me to do. So, God, you're telling me to go here. I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction. I'm going to be so committed to it that I'm going to pay a fare for a boat. 
I'm going to be so committed to it, Lord, that I'm going to continue to go downward spiral into this thing. I'm so committed to going against you that I'm willing to do anything that I can to get out of here. And he heads in the complete opposite direction from where God is calling him to go. And he's out of alignment. So what does that mean to be out of alignment? How many of you ever had that happen with your car before? When you're driving and man, you are used to it going straight and suddenly, man, that thing, you're just having to turn the wheel constantly to make sure that it stays on the road because it's trying to pull you off the road. For me, living in Texas a few years ago and we had our one ice storm every three years where the whole world panicked and all the bread was bought off the shelves because of an inch of ice and nobody knew how to drive, including me, okay? So I'm driving down the road, my car spins out, I ramp a curb, and then I uh, get back on the road and my car's out of alignment, right? And no matter how hard I try to keep it going straight, it's veering off the road. It's veering off the road. And friends, it's important that we recognize that in each and every one of us, there's this gravitational pull there's this pool that takes us in the wrong direction and we're always fighting it and we're always working against it and we're always working to stay in line with Christ because sin in this world, it pulls us. It pulls us in the wrong direction. And so every day we get up and we align ourselves with Christ. Every day we wake up and we say, Lord, would you help me to walk with you today? Would you help me? to live according to the plan that you have for my life. Lord, would you help me to continue to move in the right direction because that gravitational pull, it pulls us and we feel it every day and we experience it on a regular basis. And we need to recognize that way before, way before Jonah made this decision, he had fallen on the inside. You fall on the inside way before you fall on the outside. And some of us, our actions aren't there yet where we're seeing some negative things happen in our lives. But it doesn't fall far behind our heart growing cold. It doesn't fall far behind our hearts drifting from the Lord. It's always our heart that goes first. And then secondly, our actions begin to follow. I've mentioned before that it doesn't matter if you are a prophet a pastor, an elder, a children's church worker. It doesn't matter if you've been in church every day. We all have the ability to drift away. We all have the ability to get misaligned, that we all have ability to have our hearts grow cold towards the Lord. Every single one of us, it's a slow drift. So how does this happen, Jesse? How did this happen to Jonah? Well, it happened like this. One day Jonah drifted a little bit away, and the next day he drifted a little bit away. And the next day, a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And before Jonah knew it, he had drifted so far away that he didn't care about the purpose and the plan that God had for his life as a prophet anymore. That he'd rather do his own thing. That he'd rather make it happen in his own way. How do our hearts become misaligned? One day at a time. One day at a time of us not aligning our hearts to Christ. One day at a time of us not investing in our relationship with him. One day at a time of us not fellowshipping 
with each other on a regular basis, one day at a time. And Jonah finds himself at this place where his heart is misaligned, and it's almost too late. But fortunately, we have a patient and loving God who's full of grace and mercy towards us. And as his heart is misaligned, God has a way of redirecting, which we'll talk about next week. But his heart is misaligned, and it begins to show up in his actions. He begins to love created things more than the creator. He begins to get in this place where he's following his own plan and purpose for his life rather than the plan and the purpose that God has for him. He gets to this place where he views people through a lens of hate and not a lens of love. He has the wrong view of people, a racist view, a nationalistic view. And Jonah finds himself in a place where a prophet should not be, where his heart is misaligned. Remember years ago being with some friends at a place in New Mexico called Diving Rock. I mean, what a fun place. This big rock, you dive into the water. But they were just relaxing one day on a hot 110 degree weather kind of day. And they had this rock to block the sun for a little bit so that you could have some shade. I remember as they got in these inner tubes, what ended up happening as they told me about it is that um, they fell asleep. They said that as we fell asleep, we woke up about an hour later and we were completely down the stream, <laughs> completely down the stream with our shoes about a mile away, completely down the stream without any more shade, and we were just burnt to a crisp. And man, it was tough getting back. It was tough getting back on track. Burnt, no shoes, all these things. How'd that happen? Slow drift. Little by little, they find themselves down the stream, far from the Lord. And friends, for every one of us, it's important that today that we take a look at our hearts and we ask ourselves, am I like Jonah? We're all like Jonah at times. But in this moment, at this time, at this place, has my heart grown cold? Have I grown far? Have I drifted away little by little? Because today we need to make a run for God. Today we need to readjust, realign. Today we need to take a step back into the focus and put our focus on him and put our focus on the purpose that he has for us. He's purposed for us to make a difference in this world, to reach people for him, to be his hands and his feet. And if we're not there, we might be misaligned. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.